Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Sasser. And I'm Marcy Bullock. And we are glad that you're joining us here on episode 12 of the Parent Network Podcast. Marcy, we need to get people to like suggest okay. different things that they want for us to talk about. In yes, the I would love that. Parent Network Podcast, right? Yes. Because um, we've had a lot of great interviews, but we also want to make sure that you as parents um, are hearing things that you want and need to hear. So hey, here's the deal. If you have anything or anyone that you kind of would like for us to interview, just email us at parents at portcitychurch.org. That's parents at portcitychurch.org. Uh, and let us know what are some things that you might want to hear about or someone that you might want to hear from. But today on our episode, we have got a great interview with our friend Jeff Banks. And Jeff introduces himself, but Marcy, tell us a little bit about what you know about Jeff. Uh, well, I have the joy of getting to work with Jeff Banks because he is our uh kind of the lead of our Ripple Effect program, which is our high school ministry. And he just has the perfect heart for it because not only is he very silly, he's also very passionate about growing in your walk with God. That's correct. And his story is just an incredible testament to be shared with these kids. So it's been really cool to watch. Yeah. And the neat thing is, is I think, and, and this is part of the reason why we wanted to have Jeff on the podcast, is his story is not only great for kids to hear, but it's great for, for adults and, and specifically parents to hear. And so you're going to hear Jeff tell his story, but basically, you know, there are some things throughout his life that um, his parents did that were really helpful for him. And there were some things that, you know, his parents did that maybe weren't quite so helpful. And so you'll hear a little bit of that. We just thought we'd take a little bit of a different slant today. It's the first time ever that we've had a non-parent. I love it. On the podcast because we can learn from each other. So, so before we jump into that, Marcy, like what are some things like looking back at your life, what are some things maybe that your parents did uh, kind of helping you in just life and faith uh, that were good? Maybe some things that were challenging? Well, I thought, I think specifically to f- my faith, there was, um, my parents were very much, we grew up in a church that was very focused on missions, um, both international and local. So we, all three of us, were raised with the mindset that our ministry goes wherever we are. Mm. It, you don't have to work within the church. I mean, my parents were both teachers, so they really believed that every class that they had was an opportunity to reach not just the kids in there, but the parents as well. And, you know, there is some limitation for where you can talk about Jesus, but they always found that way. Um, and it was really inspiring. But with that, they never labeled things for us as kids. Like, I never knew the term secular until I went to a Christian college. And, like, I didn't. I mean, my wow. parents put us in public schools. And, I mean, we had a couple years that we went to a Christian school and because, you know, it wasn't like they preferred one over the other. But my mom and dad really wanted us to be out in the world to grow in our faith there versus within like a Christian bubble. Yeah, that's good. And that was so good for us because when we left high school and we were out of our parents' house, our faith went with us. We weren't. Yeah, because you were used to taking your faith with you everywhere you went. Right, right. Yeah, that's really good. That I've been really grateful for. Yeah, I can remember one of the things that I think my parents did so well is, is they just supported us as kids. I'm the youngest of three. And so they just supported us as kids so well in wherever it was that, we wanted to go in whatever we wanted to do, not yeah. you know, you know, in a permissive kind of way, but just, hey, if you want to go play this, go play that. If you want to go do this, go do that. And I always felt this confidence and support that my parents, um, they were there for me. Yes. And they were going to kind of be there supporting no matter what it was I wanted to do. They didn't push me into what they wanted me to do. Right. And I think that was really, really valuable. My parents did that as very something very similar in that we were allowed to try anything, but we weren't allowed to quit anything. Mm, so good. we could fail in the process and learn from it, but we had to stick out a season. I think it was mostly because my mom was like, I'm paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> we said yes. And- 
wrote a check. <laughs> so now you're in it. <laughs> finishing this out. But it, it taught us a lot about not quitting too. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. Well, you're going to really, I think, learn a lot from Jeff and his interview. And so um, just really take good notes about his story and, and the way that his parents interacted with him through what was a difficult time. So if you uh, specifically, if you've got a, a child who's in a difficult season, a teenager maybe, who has um, kind of made some bad choices, uh, you're really going to enjoy this interview with our friend, Jeff Banks. Well, I'm here with my friend Jeff Banks. Jeff is the Ripple Effect Coordinator. Ripple Effect is our high school ministry here at Port City Community Church. And more importantly than that, for the last three years, he has been my son's small group leader. Yes. Hey, I have to tell you this. So total side note, but this is awesome. Okay. Uh, and this is informative for parents. So a couple of days ago, I was talking to CJ about a bunch of things. And I said, CJ, who's one adult that you know in your life that you would like to spend more time with? And guess who he said? No way. Was it me? Jeff Banks. No, that's awesome. Absolutely. That feels good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so uh, Jeff's been on staff here for a couple years uh, at our church and obviously is a huge influence in the life of a lot of kids, uh, including my own. So parents, make sure you are surrounding your kids with people like Jeff Banks who can uh, pour into their life. But that's not why Jeff's here today. Jeff has got a great story of the way God has sort of brought him through over the years. And Jeff is actually going to be the first non-parent to be here on the Parent Network podcast. What an honor. Yes, it is an honor. <laughs> uh, and if you do well, we'll have you back. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but what I wanted Jeff to do today was to, to tell a sort of his story because I think his story is really informative for us as parents. And uh, as you hear his story, you're going to uh, kind of know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to ask Jeff really a couple questions about how his parents interacted in his story and what was helpful and what was difficult. And so um, we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about. So, Jeff, tell everybody about yourself and a little bit about your story. All right. I guess I'm just going to jump right in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go for it, man. Um, so, yeah, like, like, Sass, do people on here know you, Sass? Can I come? Uh, I think they do. I think, okay. I think, I think, yeah, most uh, people know that. So, go, let's go with that. was saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I am, uh, I work here at Port State Community Church with the high schoolers, and, um, but my story is kind of, um, so far away from, from the world that I live <laughs> in now that it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'll just jump right in. I grew up, um, in Durham, North Carolina, my dad is a pastor. Um, my mom was a social worker at that time. And, um, so I kind of grew up in this family of like helping people and, mm. and being in the community and, um, and just that sort of lifestyle. That's how my parents were there. Our house was always open. Like they were really loving people, which was awesome. Um, and I like from all through the, all the way through elementary school, I had like a storybook childhood, like, um, you know, both parents were great. Um, I lived in an awesome neighborhood with lots of friends. Um, we, you know, we played basketball, we played video games. Like I have these memories of growing up that are just awesome. Um, but as time went on, stuff got a little bit more, um, complicated, I guess you could say, whenever I got to middle school, um, I kind of faded away from that group of friends that was in, in my neighborhood. And um, I got around some other people who um, who were not into, you know, mm -hmm. the stuff that you want to see your kid yeah, getting right. into, you know, and it, not, it wasn't necessarily drugs at that point, but it was uh, it was cigarettes and um, just kind of the rebellious lifestyle, if you will. And um, and as time went on, that like got um, more and more and more. And I was this kid who always 
kind of found my image in, in the people around me. Um, I've always been a huge people person. So, um, I, you know, whatever people I was around, I would kind of latch onto that. Um, so whenever I, I found this image of like being a rebel and like doing all yeah. this stuff, I latched onto yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it was part um, of your new identity, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I thought it was cool. Like that was the cool thing to do. And I really wanted that. Like I wanted that acceptance from people. So, um, I jumped into this whole lifestyle. Long story short, before I know it, um, you know, it started off with like smoking cigarettes, like I was saying, and then it became um, drinking and then weed. And um, and then before I knew it, it was it was painkillers and pills um, and what, whatever drug I could really get mm. my hands on. I became fascinated with with drugs and how they could make me feel and um, and kind of the acceptance and the image that came with them um, mm. was what I wanted to do and, and, and be. Um, so I. Um, Continue living in that lifestyle through high school. Um, before I ever leave high school, I'm addicted to, to opiates. To um, I think that was a time when Oxycontin was like the mm-hmm. big thing. Um, so I'm, I'm addicted to Oxycontin. Um, couldn't go a day without it without being like sick. Um, so at this point, I still have good grades. I still... Um, I'm captain of the lacrosse team. Like I got all the outside wow. stuff looks great. The facade is there. Right? Yeah, the facade is there exactly. Um, but on the inside, there's all this stuff going on. And um, slowly, my parents started to find out, and I started getting trouble at school. And um, you know, I'm getting um, I'm getting kicked out of class, getting suspended, going to detention, all this sort of thing. And then I started to get caught by law enforcement. Um, mm-hmm. got myself in legal trouble and that's whenever everything's st- like the facade started to fall away. Yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, I go, I, I ended up, um, doing some time in jail, getting my high school diploma early, which is a whole nother story and probably a miracle of the Lord. <laughs> but <laughs> As I, most of this is. <laughs> yeah, right. So I end up getting my high school diploma and I, um, I went to college and at college, um, stuff got worse mm. and, um, it went from pills to, to heroin mm. and, um, and I started using needles and, um, and the crime got worse because it, it became, I need more money to support this habit. And, um, the school just kind of completely went to the wayside. And before I know it, I'm like dropping out of college. Um, I'm doing nothing except for using drugs. Like mm. I, I couldn't even hold down a job longer than a couple of days. Um, and, uh, and that was my life for a while, um, for about, I guess like six years of, of drug abuse mm-hmm. and, and addiction. And, um, so time goes on. Um, I have a, a myriad of, of terrible things happen to me from overdoses to legal trouble to, um, violence and just, you know, all the stuff that that life comes with. Yeah. Um, and I get out of where I was going to college to try to try to get my life together. And I did for a little bit and it was kind of this, um, thing where I would, I would back and forth. Yeah. It was back and mm-hmm. forth. I would get my life together for a little bit and then I'd fall back apart and I'd get my life together and then fall back apart. And, um, I had this thing in me where I didn't want to do anything that was God. Like I, anything I had to do with anything Christian, I didn't want to have anything to do with. And I was really determined, I think, to prove to my parents and, and probably on some level to myself that um, I could do this aside from God. Like I can help yeah, myself. I don't right. need you guys. I don't need the church. I don't, I don't need, need God. Yeah, I can do this. And um, and again, for a little bit I would, and then it would fall apart. And um, long story short, again, I... Um, I tried to tried it a hundred times to get better on my own. Couldn't do it. Finally, go to my parents and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I need y'all's help. And um, they um, 
they find a place in Wilmington, North Carolina, here where Port City is, um, called Christian Recovery Houses. And um, they're like, if you want our help, you got to go here. And I was still in this zone where I didn't want anything to do with, with Christian anything. And I'm like, no way. But I went anyways, and um, that's where I ended up coming to Port City mm. and meeting people here and, um, and in, in the end, ultimately having my life changed. Yeah, that's, and, yeah, that's it was awesome. incredible. So now it's been... Uh, five and a half years since I've, I've used any, any drug or That's substance. Awesome. And yeah, it's crazy. It's like you know, one of the things that, that you kind of said at the very beginning of the story, talking about how kind of you, your friend group shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, something that, that we talk about in high school ministry. I, I've talked about for a long time with kids is the phrase that, you know, your friends will determine the quality and direction of yeah. your life. Yeah, it's so true. Right. And so, you know, for, for parents who are listening, um, that's really important to sort of keep an eye on is, yeah. is the friend groups around your kids. I know it's hard and it's attention, but yet it's it's really important because it's the truth. Yeah. Because when your friend shifted is when you shifted, right? Yeah. And, I, you know, I think back to that time, one of the coolest things, even whenever my friend group got rough, like my parents had an open house. Like yeah, I, they could still like, come in. Yeah, even though the friend group that was rough, like my parents knew who they were. And because they knew who they were, like they knew that I was kind of going down that path. Yeah. So even though it wasn't great for me to be spending time with these people, like at least they were in it. And yeah. they knew who these people were. And, you know, and now that my life has changed, they still have influence with some of those people and I don't even live there That's anymore. Amazing. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the two big questions that I'd love for parents to hear is, and, and the concept is, you know, when your child is going through some sort of a, of a crisis or struggle like this, because I, I hear parents all the time who that their son or their daughter is kind of involved in something like this. And, and they're asking what in the world can I do as a parent? Cause what most parents do is that they, they tend to, if, if, Either they lock down and try mm-hmm. to, you know, restrict everything or right. it's you know, all hands off right. and we're not going to touch anything. And so parents are trying to figure this out. So, Jeff, what are let's start with the, the difficult part of this. What are some things that maybe your parents did in the middle of all of that and maybe that whole six years mm-hmm. that were not helpful? Um, you know, that's. It's, that's a hard question to answer, but um, I guess there are some really like practical things that you can look at. Um, and those two ways that you mentioned, we either lock down or we, or we take hands off. Neither of those are, are helpful yeah, right. um, in the end. And it's kind of walking this, this middle path. And mm. um, probably the biggest thing I can think of that probably hurt us relationally was um, my dad and my mom. Like my mom probably knew more a little bit more about that world than my dad did just because she had family members that struggled with Mm -hmm. it but for my dad like my dad grew up like a good kid like he didn't do any of that um so he didn't understand it so whenever he looked at me doing this stuff it was like what are you like you're so stupid why are you why are you like another world thing right yeah so he really I don't know if it was condemnation or from him it was just really I don't understand this why are you doing this but for me it felt like oh my gosh, like you hate me. Like yeah, you, right. you think I'm an idiot, but I'm not an idiot. And mm. I think that's kind of what, part of what formed that I'm going to prove you wrong thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So th- well, and what I heard you say is I wasn't an idiot. I was just struggling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, that's, that's good. Hey, and for those of you who don't know, Jeff and his dad nowadays, like just a week or two ago, they go across the country talking about a lot of this stuff uh-huh. together, which is really cool. So I don't want anybody to feel like, you're like throwing your dad under the bus. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, me and my dad do ministry together yeah, now, which is pretty, really, really that's pretty awesome. awesome. Okay, so yeah. anything else that you can think of back then that maybe wasn't quite yeah, helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so. That's a huge part of it. Is um, is trying to have a degree. That's I guess that is what is helpful. It's trying to have a degree of understanding. Yeah, that's good. Um, another thing that um, that I really think uh, kind of damaged um, damaged us relationally was they. 
got to the point, and I don't know how much of this was me and how much of this was them, but I think it got to the point where things were so hard that we really just didn't want to spend time around each other. Like, I would lock myself in my room mm. and do my own thing, um, and they would, were just like, well, whatever. Like, we can't do anything about this. Yeah. So I think um, the, the flip side of that is always striving that, to, to keep that time together and, yeah. and to spend time together. And, don't allow for the relational distance. Yeah, because that, that made it really difficult to um, – to, to walk out of it now. I think there's still like stuff that we work on together. Yeah. Like the, sure. we're still growing relationally now because we didn't do it then because I was just this mess. Mm. Um, I know I went to a myriad of different um, counselors and, um, and psychiatrists and psychologists and everything you can think of. Um, and one thing that, that really ended up hurting me, and I, I, this is really difficult to kind of walk as a parent, um, but I was, whenever I was going through all that, I was diagnosed as bipolar and, um, and who wouldn't be bipolar whenever <laughs> yeah, you're strung right. out on, you know, all these different drugs. Um, but because of that diagnosis, I ended up on a lot of medication. And I think that hurt me because it was like, um, it was just another reliance on a pill. And mm-hmm. I, you know, um, regardless of what the, the struggle is, and I don't want to, you know, I would never sit on here and say, give your kids medication or don't, but be really careful about, you know, about over, like we're an over-medicated culture. Yeah, right. Um, and just being intentional and careful about um, how you, you in, engage with, with medication and, and mental health and all those things is so important. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's flip it. What are some things that maybe your parents did through that process that were helpful? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, probably the biggest thing I can think of, and it's really what me and my dad usually end up talking about um, a lot, is um, they, you know, there's kind of this view whenever it comes to substance abuse that's like, I mean, shows like Intervention show this all the time, that if someone is struggling, the best thing that you can do is not talk, is cut off communication, not talk to them, cut off Mm -hmm. um, any sort of relational anything. Tough love. Yeah, it's tough love is what we call it, right? It's like, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to give you anything. You're going to get this. by golly you're gonna pay for it yeah yeah and um, my parents never did that um and i guess the flip side of that is enabling where they're like oh we'll just you know what do you need to fix it like we'll just give you money we'll give you whatever you need and and we'll make this right and that's not helpful either um but my parents always like they never they got to the point where they did cut me off financially they wouldn't give me money or anything like that but they would always make sure i was fed they would always make sure that they were there for me emotionally and spiritually. Like I always knew whenever I was going through stuff that no matter how messed up I was, that my parents loved me. Mm, and I always knew that huge. I could go to them. Yeah. Huge. So whenever it did come a time where I was like, okay, I need help. I could, I knew I could go to them and say, Hey, I need help. And that they were going to help me because they loved me. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that's a really big thing is, is keeping the lines of communication open. Is what my dad always says. Um, and, and, know like letting that kid know that that you're there for him and you love him and yeah. um yeah and that That's that huge. was huge yeah okay anything um, else you can think of that was helpful that they did um prayed that's like the biggest thing like i i know that sounds like that can sound like almost oh, like a cop no. out no it's right no it's the right answer <laughs> yeah yeah so here's the shameless plug for my dad's book is that okay oh please okay. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh my dad while while i was in my addiction um wrote a book called prayers for prodigals and um it was kind of the prayers and things that he was saying for me while um not just me my sister as well um, my older sister as, as we were kind of going through life and as i was mm-hmm. going through addiction um was the prayers he was saying for me and things that him and my mom were praying over me and um so you know that that piece of it like i i get asked all the time and i see all the time like 
a thought for people who do make it out of addiction is always like, okay, why me? Because I look back at my friends and most of my friends now, um, 10 years later are either in jail, in -hmm. prison, dead, or still using And Most of them are dead, um, unfortunately. Um, but I look at, okay, what was the difference between me and me and John? And the, the truth is the difference is that I had praying parents at home. Mm. Um, and I think that's huge. And sometimes we undercut the, the, um, the power of prayer and like what prayer can do. It, it, it literally moves mountains. And I, I remember times where, um, like where I woke up in parking lots with a needle in my arm where I'd overdosed and I probably shouldn't have woken up. Mm. Um, and just stuff like that, that, that should not have happened. That should not have happened. Yeah. But it did. Somebody intervened. Yes. Mm. Because I had parents praying for me at home. So that's huge. Um, praying, pick up my dad's book. It's a great hope for that. What's it called again? Prayers Prayers for for Prodigals Prodigals. by James Banks. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Very nice, man. Okay. Anything else that you would want to say to parents that, you know, maybe their kids are struggling through something, maybe not as big as that, but still just sort of struggling and growing up with issues. Anything else? Uh, That's the other thing um, is that it doesn't have to be as big as this. I know my, my story is kind of this extreme story of heroin addiction and pills and drugs. And, um, but the truth is, is that like all, all our kids, you know, I I see this in in working in high school ministry all our kids have struggles um, and all our kids need prayer and all our kids need parents who are there for them emotionally and spiritually. Um, so not, don't, um, don't discount your kid's problem by looking at other kids and being like, Oh, at least he's not, <laughs> my kid's doing fine compared to him. Yeah. At yeah, least he's right. not, you know, doing drugs or at least he's not, um, that yeah. kid down the street. Um, but always, always be there to support your kid and, and love them and That's pray awesome. for them and, um, yeah. and be available emotionally. And, um, I think in, in some sense, all of us are prodigals, um, whether we realize it or not. And we all are kind of in that spot at one point or another and need, um, need someone in our life to, to love us and to, to bring us back. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Awesome. I, th- I, I, think you, I think you earned the chance to come back one day. Fair enough. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring you in to talk about you know, what you're seeing with uh, maybe middle school and high school kids. And yeah, that would be awesome. Can help. Cool. Okay, cool. thanks, sir. Well, so that was Jeff Banks sharing his story and how parents – his parents specifically, really just impacted his life. And I really loved the way he ended with, we're all prodigals yeah, That's right. at some point. Um, that really spoke to me a lot because sometimes I do compare my story to Jeff's because I, you know, I get to hear bits and pieces of his pretty often. And while I never got to, to that point or I never did those things, I still, I know that there were moments where my parents prayed circles around me. Oh yeah, sure. Just to bring me back. Sure. to God. And that that's just really awesome. Um, really appreciate that. But I do get the chance to see Jeff's parents pretty often because they have a grandson in Grozone. And awesome. it's so cool just to see how they're still so much a part of Jeff's and Stephanie's, his sister's life. And I think there's a lot to be said about recognizing how your parenting doesn't end just because they're out of your house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, one of the things that a lot of the studies kind of nowadays are saying and, and you know, people in, in really youth ministry have been saying for years is that it used to be parents thought that kind of I think we've said this on a podcast before that the finish line was at you know 18 kind of when they go to college or get out of your house. Mm-hmm. And really, when it comes to the way that, you know, people are developing nowadays, that, that the parenting journey really never ends. It's really still intense, you know, through their mid 20s. Yeah. And, you know, maybe even up to about 30, which is funny when I say that in front of parents, sometimes 
Uh, <laughs> they just go, really? No, really? I'm looking for it now. Nah, I don't want to break. And, and what has been cool yeah. is to see, you know, Jeff's parents just be right in the middle of his life. Um, you know, Rick and Liz Schaefer, yeah. a couple of podcasts ago, they talked about the same thing. Well, and they talked about in that podcast how there is a fine balance between understanding that when your kids are out of your house, you can't look at your adult child and say, hey, it's cold outside. Put your coat on. Do you remember when <laughs> yeah, she said that? Right. And it was just so great. Um, but there is that element of still being there. I know yeah. that whenever Jeff needs help, he can call his parents. And after everything that he's been through and really put them through, yeah, right. that their understanding and their love for him just is still there. Yeah. And that's just so amazing. Yeah. And I think hopefully what that can do for us as parents is, is just expand our view of kind of our parenting journey yes. and to not long for it to, you know, oh, can we get out of this? Let it be over when they go to college or whatever. And just to recognize, no, 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 no. We, we are in it with our kids for for really ever. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's obviously in different ways in different seasons. And I think Jeff's parents were really good about recognizing, even though he was going through some really heavy stuff, they still took a moment to find what they were thankful for about Jeff. Yeah, that's right. And when you have those moments where you're going, oh, I can't wait till I'm over with parenting just kind of look back at your kid and go, okay, what am I thankful for in this moment? Mm. They're kicking and screaming, but I am thankful she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She's cute. Not right now, but just those yeah. are, it's important to turn your perspective. Yeah. It's different in every phase. It really when is. It comes to our parenting. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeff Banks. And depending on when you're listening to this, we've got one more kind of event here at the end of the year, end of the school year, at least with the Parent Network, and so it's the uh, Mother Son Magic Show. Uh, Marcy, you have not registered yet, I hear. I know. But I, you'll do it today. It's always the people who are working on the yeah, event that right, failed. Exactly. <laughs> you'll be there. You, you record your I'll be, be there. there. May yeah. 18th. Yes, Friday night, May 18th, and this is really for all mothers and sons. Uh, it's just an opportunity to get together and have a great fun night together. Michael Rosander, who is a local comedian and entertainer, uh, he is going to be fantastic just to give moms and sons a chance to be together. So you can go to uh, parents.portcitychurch.org. That's our uh, website. There's an events page. Uh, and, and again, always be going to that page to get resources and find out what's going on. And then I know uh, kind of we'll, we'll be announcing some new things coming up with the Parent Network as we go into um, really the next school year. And Michelle Starbuck, who is kind of our parent network director, she's got some great plans for 2018 and 19. I can't believe we're saying that, but we're like getting Woo-hoo. there. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Marcy, anything else you want to say to parents out there? No, we'll see you May 18th, moms. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.